Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, where if you stick around long enough, you can learn to count to one. But that's all I'm saying. Or count backwards from one, which is what I was trying to do a minute ago. It wasn't working out real well. But welcome to the podcast where we are mathematically touched by the hand of God. I am Steve Euclid Olivas, and he is James Pythagoras Breakwell. And uh, James... Before I get too deep into my world, and I believe I have run the course of all of the mathematicians I can name, how are you doing today? I am doing spectacular. I walked into the door approximately two minutes ago, (laughs) and the first thing I did was sit down to talk with you. Because what is better than coming to home sweet home and talking to a strange man in Tennessee? First of all, I'm no stranger. You will always be strange to everyone, including those who know you best. Actually, especially to those who know you best. Wow. And you know, now that we're adults, making new friends is not very easy. You probably, and take this for whatever grain of salt it's worth, outside of Mafia Brad, who has been my friend since we were very young, (laughs) you probably know me better than anyone other than my wife, just given the amount of time we have spent nose-to-nose on the internet. Isn't that a weird thought? I am alarmed and depressed by this fact. (laughs) (laughs) You? God dang, think how I feel. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's probably the same going back the other way, because my friends don't want to sit there and listen to me talk for 25 minutes. None of them are ever going to listen to this. I think my wife listens to this podcast, but the thing is, she's heard all these stories, and, you know, if I start one of them, she'll remind me that, you know, I said it once 25 years ago, and there's no need to repeat it now. Wow, that's, that's, uh, wow, okay. See, my wife didn't listen in the first place, Ah. and she still tries to shut me down because she has no interest in hearing any of these stories. So there you go. Well, there is one story I want to know about. You you sent me a text. Every time you send me a text with a picture or a video, I get excited because you're about to do something stupid. And you were out there... Hunting turkeys. You you assured me you were going to get a 60-pounder. So how many 60-pound turkeys did you slay, Steve? I had mercy on the turkeys, <laughs> James. <laughs> well, I keep, I keep learning. Let's put it that way. My learning curve is steep. And so the first day, I sat out there, and uh, what I didn't realize at the time And here's where anyone who has ever turkey hunted is slapping their forehead, wondering why I was issued a gun. But (laughs) I didn't realize that because my experience is with deers, and deers will run through anything. If you put a brick wall in their way, they'll figure out how to get through, around, or over that sucker. Turkeys, though, are a little more particular with where they set their feet. So they will not wander and this makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint, they won't wander through tall grass, like tall weeds. And uh, probably because they can't see something sneaking up on them to eat them. But my, so I have two hunting plateaus. I have an upper plateau and a lower plateau. The upper plateau, I just haven't had as much time to groom. So I hadn't cut the tall field grass back to the woods. So there was a good 
uh, five to ten yards of tall field grass on both sides of the plateau, and the turkeys had nowhere to walk from the woods to the cut part. So the first day I spent looking at a plateau that no turkey in their right mind would have walked on in the first place. So okay. that's day one. Gotcha. Day two, I went to the lower plateau because I was thinking now a lot of open area right up to the woods. And I've seen turkeys down there and there's feathers down there. So I am going to, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. This is how my mind works. I'm going to set up a folding <coughs> folding chair behind a bush. And I'm going to like. <laughs> They'll never see through that. <laughs> And, uh, but I set up my smoking hot female turkey decoy in the middle of the lower plateau, thinking I'm going to get a horny Jake kind of sniffing around out the woods, and he won't pay any attention to the fat guy on a white folding chair behind a bush because there's a smoking hot female turkey decoy standing there, and uh, that never happened. So after an hour of sitting there, I decided to walk up to the upper plateau to see what was going on, and as soon as I got there, I got made. Like uh, one of the white-tailed deer saw me and started bellowing this warning call that uh, there's a guy with a gun wandering around and then took screaming off through the woods. So I figured, well, there's no way anybody else is going to come up here. So I went back to the lower plateau, and as I turned the corner, there were two giant turkeys 10 feet from where I had been sitting. And uh, they sort of saw me, and I saw them, and then poof! There was a little puff of smoke and two feathers just settling to the earth where they used to be standing. So I got angry, and I went and bought a chair blind. Did I send you a picture of that one? You did. <laughs> so there was no possible way I could be made now because I'm just blending in with the background. There's no person here. There's no gun here. And uh, unfortunately, I got it yesterday at noon from the co-op. And uh, when I set up at 1 o'clock down on the lower plateau middle of the day turkeys really don't come out like they're roosting during that time they come out early and they come out late unless it rains they'll come out after it rains i don't want to be sitting out there in the rain hunting should be comfortable james but anyway i sat out there for an hour perfectly still in this blind and didn't see anything but i haven't given up because tomorrow we're recording this on wednesday james tomorrow i will send you a picture of the prize turkey that i have shot from my blind just before sunrise on thursday morning I love how your point of giving up is an hour. And that's how I know you've never had a real job. Because if you had a well, real job where you had to sit in a cubicle for any length of time, you'd know an hour is nothing. An hour yeah, you're up I and moving. I sort of knew that there's no turkeys that are going to be coming out at the crack of two in the afternoon. Like, it was a fool's errand in the first place. But I was very excited about my chair blind. So I did want to kind of sit there for a while and see. Maybe I could get a moron wandering through, but... I, I rolled the dice and came up snake eyes just as predicted. Tomorrow, though, tomorrow, I, I will be there before dawn, and I'll be all set up and waiting for the sun to start rising, and that that conga line of enormous 70, 75, 80-pound <laughs> turkeys to come marching out of the woods and me just mowing one of them down. Ah, it'll be glorious, Frankwell. I need you to clarify a point of turkey law for me. Can you do that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I know with uh, hunting up here, they're very particular. Yeah. You can't hunt out of a vehicle. Like if they catch you right. pulling up on the side of the road and hopping out and shooting, they uh, you, you lose your gun, you lose your car, you lose everything. But I don't know how that works if you shoot out of a house. Are you allowed yeah. to shoot out of your house? Can your house be a big hunting blind? 
Yes. However, my personal house cannot because <laughs> of where the feeder is. Oh. Well, why didn't you put the feeder further away and then you could sit in your bathroom, which is your office, writing books with your gun by your <laughs> side. And when a turkey wanders by, you could shoot out the window of your bathroom like the hillbilly you are. Breakwell, I tell you what, I am the repository now for stories of people's relatives that have shot stuff out a window of their house. <laughs> and there are so many stories out there that uh, it makes me feel like were I to eventually move the feeder and just sit on my porch, probably with a rocking chair and a corncob pipe with that shotgun across my lap, I would fit in perfectly and start getting stories of my own. In fact, I was at the barber shop in town when we first moved. And um, uh, Mrs. Steve, I'll say her name again. Mrs. Steve's like, I, I needed a haircut. She's like, go to the local barber shop. You go to local, you'll hear all the stories. And I'm like, all right. But uh, the, the topic of conversation while I was there between three guys that I believe fought in the Peloponnesian Wars was <laughs> stuff they have shot off their porch. Okay. And uh, there was a litany of animals that have been shot from the house that they were just talking about. So, yes, yeah, sorry. That was a long answer to your short and pointed question. So what did they shoot off the porch? Mostly deers, but coyotes, foxes, armadillos. Uh, I think I don't think I heard any fowl was shot off porches. Now, well, we have a pond right in front of the house that wood ducks fly into when they're going north and south. So I could shoot a duck off my porch, too, if were it in season. So I'm going to call it now. You are going to hmm. send me a picture in a few days... Of yourself yeah, yeah. and your quarry, yeah. and it's going to be you blowing off one or more of your fingers. I'm going to say one. I think you're going to lose <laughs> one finger. There will be zero turkeys and one digit down. I'm going to say your left no. index finger. It's going to be a turkey that I will need a front-end loader to get from the plateau back up to the cabin. I'm telling you, it's going to be glorious. Why do you even want to shoot a turkey? It's a garbage animal that tastes terrible, and Thanksgiving is disappointing every year because of it. Jesus. Just dropping well, facts here, Steve. It. Man. No, no. So do you not like wild turkey or turkey, period? Wild animals in general tend to not taste that great, but I'm just, I don't get excited about turkey. It's just this dry, flavorless meat that you have to pour hot sauce over because I don't do gravy. And it's like, I'd rather have ham. I'd rather have, my dad does pork loins sometimes for Thanksgiving. That's pretty good. I'd rather have literally any other meat in existence other than turkey. That's interesting. Even dark meat strikes you that way. I don't. I don't care for the dark meat. I I usually eat the light meat. The light meat has no flavor. The dark meat has bad flavor. So I go light meat, or if possible, the pork tenderloins. Or this last year, my dad smoked ribs because he is a good human being. Ooh. Yeah, he is. Now I'd pick ribs over turkey any day. But all right, that's interesting. You don't eat the dark meat because did you say fat? No, I just, I, I've never liked the taste of that. I mean, not it's not like oh, I'm going to gag on it or anything, but just over, you know, they're both not good meats, but the light meat is less not good. So I obviously go with the less <laughs> not good choice because I'm all about optimization. Optimization? Well, I happen to like turkey. Wild turkey is not as good as the stuff that they raise on farms, obviously. But like, for example, you can't eat the drumsticks from male wild turkeys because they're too muscular and sinewy. Like <laughs> the meat is too tough. But uh, anyway, there's people have been sending me tips, soak it in buttermilk, soak it in salt water for an hour and a half. Like uh, there's ways to get some of that gamey 
uh, cooked out of the turkey meat, the wild turkey meat. See the and that that is why I want to shoot a turkey. One because they're evil. They are members <laughs> of the Turkino Crime Syndicate. Uh, Mrs. Steve texted me the other day and said, I almost had to break up a fight at the feeder between the twins, which are two deers that are like teenagers now, and the Turquino Crime Syndicate, because when the twins go eat at the feeder, because they started when they were real small, they go underneath the feeder, like they feel safe there. Now they're too big. It's like shoving uh, six clowns into a phone booth. <laughs> but the turkeys have figured out, I've told you this story, they'll fig they figured out they're tall enough to just keep hitting the spinner with their beak and getting more and more corn to come. So they like to eat under the feeder and just feed themselves till they're sick. And they're a bunch of freeloaders. But they intimidate the deers, so the deers all get pecked off. And the twins weren't having it the other day. They were throwing down with the turkeys. And uh, Miss Steve almost had to go up there with a rolled up newspaper and take care of some business. Turkeys are evil. Why do you feed these animals? You hate them. I don't hate the deers. <laughs> we like the twins. But you hate the turkeys. You're feeding the turkeys. I hate the turkeys. I hate the turkeys. We only feed the turkeys as a consequence of feeding the deers. In fact, I think I told you I started mixing uh, winter wheat in with the corn to give the turkeys something to eat so they would leave the corn alone for the deers. I just imagine, imagine if you will, if you just didn't feed any of these animals, then you wouldn't have turkeys. It would solve all of oh, your problems, and you wouldn't still. have to sit out there behind a bush like Elmer Fudd. It would just, <laughs> problems gone. You are the source of 100% of your own problems. But I, we like the deers. We had, I had nine of them up there eating at the same time last night. We've had, I've told you this too, I think, we had 26 at one time. 26 deers up there living in perfect peace and harmony trying to eat whatever scant corn was left after the twins wandered off. But yeah, the turkeys started showing up and it's they're they're a crime family. They're evil. So what what are these beloved deer going to do when you start shooting them? Ah, uh, probably uh get dressed out and take up space in my freezer. <laughs> Just you say you love these animals so much, but you're just setting them up to be murdered later in the season. You know, what's interesting is um, the bag limit is pretty high for deers. Like, you can take three a day every day. What? And there is no bag limit. Yeah. Are yeah, you yeah, kidding? Yeah. Like, up here, it's like no, one no. a season. I know. It's, uh, it's antlerless, so you can only take one antlered buck. I think it's two now. I'd have to look back at the antlered buck. But unantlered, which means six inches of antler or less or does, you can take three a day. That's the bag limit. And uh, for every day of the season, if you're, did we talk about, see, the problem with losing that episode is I can't remember what we talked about we, and didn't. We've literally never talked about any of this at any point ever. I, I would definitely remember because your stories are getting increasingly ridiculous. I just, if, if, like three times this episode, you're like, I told you this. I told you that. I think you're mistaking me I'm for sorry. literally anyone else. You say, I know you better than anyone else. I don't know who you're talking to out there. I don't know what podcast you're cheating on me with, but it was not with me. All right. There is a disease called chronic wasting disease okay. in deers. And it's, if you remember from the 90s, uh, you probably remember when there was mad cow disease. Yeah, it's the same thing, but in deer. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Correct. Okay. That doesn't affect the humans, but it does affect the deer population. So there, the chronic wasting disease has edged its way to within two counties of us. So eventually it will cross over. And 
the significance for hunting is there is no bag limit in areas that have chronic wasting disease. So once that disease crosses over into Tennessee, it's a free-for-all. You can take out as many years <laughs> as you want because they're trying to get rid of all of them that are spreading the chronic wasting disease to the others. So you're just going to just gonna have a deer massacre, roll your machine gun out there and solve some problems all in the name of helping nature? No, I was talking with my son about this the other day. It's amazing how bad of a shot I am when it comes to shooting armadillos. And I said to my son, I wonder if it's part of me doesn't want to shoot the armadillos. And uh, that's partially true. Like, I get within 10 yards of these things, and I stop using a twenty-two. I'm using a shotgun now, and I still can't hit the damn things. And it's the most frustrating thing on earth but I do wonder if, I kind of like the armadillos. They're, they're dumb and uh, they're slow and dim-witted. And I kind of relate to them because I do a podcast with a guy like that. And uh, so part of me doesn't want to shoot them, but they just tear the yard to pieces. So they got to go. And they're an invasive species. But anyway, I told you that to say this. I like the deers a lot. So I will shoot one or two because we will eat them. And uh, it's a, a cheap way to eat, but also a way that's sustainable. But I don't think I would go hog wild. There's no way I would hit three in a day or anything close to that. And when it comes to the deer rifle, I'm actually pretty accurate of a shot. When is bow season down there? Bow season starts in early September, maybe mid-September. And uh, it goes through the end of October. So there is some overlap where if uh, turkey is just shotgun, you can't hunt turkey with a rifle, but you can't carry a shotgun and a bow, which is kind of a weird rule. But anyway, the point is, if you want to deer hunt, you bring a bow with you to shoot at the turkeys too. Because then if you see a turkey or a deer, you shoot it with the bow and arrow. So I, I know your question was, when is it? We are currently in it. But my shot with a bow is so bad, I, I wouldn't want to do that to my neighbors. Like, uh, it, it, it would be awful. So here's the thing. So in a year or two, I'm going to invite myself down there, and we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to bow hunt. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't actually, I, I paid, I went and got a, a bow and I bought it used on Facebook Marketplace. I thought it was so I was so smart, but then it had to be restrung, which I didn't realize was a thing, and it cost almost as much as the bow, so I wasn't so smart. And I paid for this membership, but it's like the only place I can shoot is half an hour away, and I'm unmotivated and busy, and so I haven't gotten out there. I haven't been out. I've, I've been paying for this membership, but I haven't been out there in like a year. And I was motivated to try recently, but then I got you know wrist surgery and almost died and all those things. So like right now, I I, oh, I physically like a doctor has told me don't do this because you're stupid, and uh, so. So at some point, though, I will try again. And after a long time, maybe I'll get good enough so that I could hit something. Like right now, if there were an object standing directly in front of me 20 feet away, I would say there's like a 1 in 80 chance I would hit it. Would it be a kill shot? I don't know. If it was standing perfectly sideways, not moving at all, just random chance might, you know, send a projectile through it. But eventually, eventually I will become a deadly hunter worthy of Daryl Revis, and I will come down there, and I will sit... And you are blind, and I will kill a deer. And I dare say, I will kill a deer before you ever kill a deer, even giving you a two-year head start. (laughs) Deers are a different... uh, Deers are a little more wily than turkeys. So you've got to control scent. Uh, 
there, there's a lot more you got to pay attention to with deers. So I would be curious if you would be able to pull that off with a bow. I we, we both know I can't. This is this is all bravado. I will never kill anything with this. I will probably never go in and practice. Like I give you a hard time for not sitting there for an hour. But like my whole plan was like if I do this, I'm gonna bring some books on tape because this is just gonna be so boring. And my whole motivation was just okay. So I don't get the appeal of shooting turkeys because you can buy turkey in the store, but venison you can't just go to the store and buy. Like venison is a right. specialty meat. You got to kill it yourself or you got to know somebody. And since I have no yeah. friends, I never have any venison. So maybe. Maybe what I should do is just have you like kill a bunch of extra deer, and then I will make one trip down there and load it all in coolers and bring it back here, and then I'll never need to see you again. This friendship will be at an end. <laughs> if you're serious, I'm happy to do that. We, there's a place that'll dress it out right by my house. So yeah, uh, that would yeah, that'd be we'll delicious. We'll but talk. like, how long? I, I've never mathed it out. How long is a round trip from here to there? I don't think you've ever driven from your new house to here either. No, you got to add an hour, so Whew. it's five hours, I think, from Nashville to you, so probably six. Maybe I will just come down there and just eat it all in <laughs> one go. Just get like 60 pounds of meat ready. <laughs> Give me three days, we'll just eat it all, and I'll bring it back in my stomach. Uh, we have a guest house, so you're more than welcome. I'll have to time it for when your son's not down there, because I know you like your children to be in other buildings. Yes, and uh, well, this might be the last year you have to worry about that. I don't know where he's going to college or if he's uh, going to, I don't know, marry a gypsy girl and move overseas, whatever. Uh, but he will be home for the holidays this year, and we'll see playing it by year after that. The plans are completely up in the air. It's already, it's it's October of his senior year. He doesn't have any inkling of where he's going to go. We haven't talked about it. Uh, Mrs. Steve has been badgering me to talk to him about it because she thinks he's going to drag his feet until it's too late, in which case I think, uh, good, then he'll go local somewhere in Tennessee. It'll be in-state tuition and everybody will be happy. But I don't know. I, I don't know if he has an idea or not. I keep forgetting to bring it up. I talked to him for like an hour the other day and just didn't bring it up. I can't believe Mrs. Steve is being subtle about this. It seems very clear that she runs this entire operation. And, you know, <laughs> you talk about how she likes to, you know, if there's if, if there's a service person who fails to live up to expectations, how she likes to bring <laughs> swift justice oh, to the situation. God. But yet here you have a son with the biggest decision of his life, uh, pretend, you know, Basically, you know, deciding to go to college, to college, it all could be life ruining entirely on its own. And she's just hands off and trusting this to you, you who's sitting well, out there in a folding chair behind a bush. <laughs> First of all, I don't care for the implication that you're making here, Frank. Well, it, it seems like you're connecting two dots that aren't even close to each other, but that's just me. <laughs> Ah, uh, God, God, <laughs> screw you, Breakwell. That's all I have to say. <laughs> we go from I'm going to be a guest at your house to this This podcast is done forever. One swift transition. And it's, I'm wounded now. Um, no, I think she has a... <laughs> She has a different relationship with him. It's interesting. Your kids will probably start doing this. Like, if my daughter needs money, she'll ask me. If my son needs money, he'll ask mom. But almost anything else he'll talk to me about and not mom. So it's, it's sort of a weird dichotomy he's got with us. But I think she knows that he will listen to me more than her. 
because she is a little more hardcore about things than I am. I got a little more give, and so I think he feels more comfortable sort of uh, struggling with a decision with me. Well, let him know that for college, basically any choice is the wrong one, and that will really calm him down. <laughs> well, right now he wants to be a realtor, and I said, are you like a 48-year-old single chick that wears too much makeup and perfume <laughs> like that? They've got the market cornered on that kind of thing. But, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna buy a house from an eighteen year old. I think he's gonna have to have to wait some time before he can do that one. Yeah. No. You're. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. But no, I would like him to go to college just to meet girls and meet friends and do college kind of things. Well, Did you not enjoy your college? I, I enjoyed it. It was just a hundred percent pointless, as was yours. I think we can both agree that our very <laughs> random undergraduate experiences were completely pointless. And the only thing it achieved besides introducing me to my wife was just to delay me from entering the workforce by four years. And then it gives you, basically you check this box for the screening tool of do you or do you not have a degree and that's and that's really all it is it is and no, I, I, yeah, go ahead yeah yeah no I, I i completely agree with you but what you said in passing i think is an important takeaway which is it's where i met my wife like, i do think networks and connections get made in college that that was the cautionary tale part of that steve you totally took that the wrong direction oh, oh i thought it was a good thing i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, don't don't let marriage happen to you. That's the, that's the moral of today's story. You'll end up with four kids on a podcast with some guy in Tennessee who sits behind bushes and will never ever kill a turkey. There's a straight line from college to this conversation right here, right now. Wow, it's the college to hopeless pipeline. That's what it is. Yes. Well, on that high note, are are you ready to have me walk us out of here, James? I think you've taken enough verbal abuse for one day. <laughs> you, you, oh, we are all about up with people. Absolutely. And we're definitely up with our two viewers and listeners, so we appreciate all of you. Thank you, thank you. Until we meet again, until we come face to phone, and you once again see my mug side by side with Breakwell's, and you think, how did Olivas even get hooked up with this cat? But... I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> this is Steve Elias, Dr. Steve for James, the Pythagorean Theorem, Breakwell, Unicorn, Breakwell Snake. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right.